We're here starting your day right with Marketing Espresso, your marketing caffeine hit of the day. Hello, hello. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Marketing Espresso. As I always say, thank you for joining me. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I know there's lots out there. There's so many out there now, like millions. So it it definitely... Um, is appreciated that you've chosen this one uh, and I don't take it lightly, which is why I paused then because I was looking for the right words to thank you. So if you haven't already, tell someone that you think would love this podcast and spread the love for me or leave me a review or do both. Why not? And maybe just chuck me a rating. And if you're listening and you're sick of hearing my voice and not actually interacting with me personally, reach out, send me a DM and say, hey, Beck, let's do this thing. Because I would love to help you in your business. Um, or if you're a marketer, I would love to help you. Um, you know, if you need a sounding board, I know what it's like marketers. I've been there. So today is a Tuesday and I have got a very special guest back on the show again today. As you know, I love to bring people back two, three times as often as I think they need to come back to give all of the nuggets that they have for you all. I'm very excited to bring back Mel Cattle today. She's so well known. You know, she's got a fantastic book and that's actually how we met over the writing of her second book. And, you know, she was always such a great advisor to me and she's been a great sounding board to me. So I'm really excited to bring her to you guys again today. Mel is a food loving, book reading, beach goer who lives on the Sunshine Coast. By day, she is a leadership communication consultant who has written two books, speaks at conferences and other events, and facilitates workshops on self-leadership, communication, and menopausal work. After surviving the debilitating effects of work-related loneliness, stress, and burnout in her late 20s, Mel believes self-leadership is essential to creating real connection and sustained engagement. She loves her work, her husband, and life in general. And I am so excited to bring Mel back to you today. If you haven't listened to our first episode after this one, definitely go back and binge that because I think you'll love it too. Mel, you're back. I am. And look, I'm wearing the same clothes. (laughs) (laughs) No one will ever know that we batched this episode. (laughs) I think everyone knows because I am so honest with my audience about how I do stuff. So I feel like everyone's like, Beck, we know what you do. (laughs) And let's face it, we've both got lots going on. So it's far easier to do two at once than two separate times. (laughs) I feel like this is a good segue because we're going into something like we touched last time on, you know, how leaders can prioritize themselves. And I think today is, well, this episode is a really great segue into boundaries. Yeah. Boundaries, baby. One of the things we talked about was when you notice that you're working longer hours or that you're not taking a lunch break, you know, what is it that you can be doing to put boundaries in place to make sure that those things don't happen? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Talk us through it, Mel. What can we, what, because like, look, I'll admit it. I'm a recovering people pleaser. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't even my husband. Well, I didn't know what boundaries were until 2020. Literally, I had no (laughs) idea. I didn't know what a boundary was. I, I like, I never even heard the term. So it's all very new. Like it's not new for me now. But at that time, it was like, but wouldn't that just be being rude? (laughs) Oh yes. Yeah. And that, interestingly enough, is one of the main reasons that people don't have boundaries in place. And by boundaries, I mean, it's t- it's saying no to things that you don't want to do. It's mm-hmm. carving out time to do things that are important to you and that are priorities for you. And I think um, Michelle Obama said it really well when she was interviewed by Barbara Walters while she was first lady of the United States. She said to Barbara, 
women are not very good at putting themselves at the top of their own to-do list Mm. because Barbara made some comment to her about how she always seemed to find time to do exercise. And she's like, well, I have to, because if I don't, I can't cope. Like I I need that time to myself every day, that doing something that's just for me. And so in her book, I'm going to interrupt you because in her book, (laughs) she talks about this with Barack. She's like, I was so resentful of him because he was exercising. She's like, he'd walk in from the gym and be like, oh my God, I've just had a great workout. And she'd be like, well, that's nice that you had time to work out like, and be really. And I'm like, that's so true of women. Cause it's like, we think that we have to do like, whether you have kids or you're you're just running your own business, (laughs) instantly think you come second to everyone else. Yeah. And I think he said to her, well, you can, you just have to prioritize it. Yeah. And she's like, what? (laughs) Sorry, pardon. (laughs) I know. I know. But, you know, I think it's really important to think through, um, particularly as women, for those of us who are women listening to this call and on this call and and for the two of us, thinking about what's really important to you Mm -hmm. and what would you like to have more time to do? And then what do you need to remove from your life so that you've got time to do those things? Mm -hmm. And an example that I often give is when I met my husband and he moved into my house, I said to him, there's a couple of things that are not negotiables for me. And one of them is that you need to pay 50% of a cleaner because I am not going, and I didn't have a cleaner at that stage, but I said to him, I'm happy to clean up my own mess, but I'm not happy to clean up somebody else's mess. Yeah. And having just cleaned out your townhouse to get it ready to rent, <laughs> I know <laughs> I'm not cleaning toilets after you've used them. And we've only got one bathroom, so we're paying a cleaner. And I like that saying, like, do, dump, delegate. So it's like you either do yes. it, you dump it, or you delegate it. Yeah, yeah. So we were point. delegating. Like, we I'm were delegating. Yeah. yeah delegate. But I also said to him, I'm not. I'm just not prepared to do housework with other people in the house. And particularly because we were in a new relationship and I thought the easiest thing that's going to split us up is fighting and arguing over stupid things like housework. Yeah. And so he agreed. But what he didn't realize is that I was deadly serious and I've never done housework since. So I have, we've been together nearly 19 years and I can count on one hand the number of times I've cleaned a toilet in that 19 years. And that one of those times was when we were on holidays and we had, we were in this place for two weeks and it was our family holiday house. And my, I had cousins from overseas coming and staying with us for the second week. And so we cleaned the house in between rather than getting the cleaner because she couldn't come. And (laughs) (laughs) but now he says he he happily tells people and I wear this badge with pride that I am domestically challenged. Yeah, that's great. I'm actually not because I know how to do it all. I just choose not to. Yeah, but also why should you? Like I think and I love this concept. Like people think they have to do it all. And I love the concept of choose the things that you want to do in life because you one life. Like this is not it's not the good old days where we all had to be martyrs and we had to, you know, Ooh. you know, you were judged by how much shit you were doing. That is just not the yeah. case now. Like it's not good for you to be doing I that. I know. And I ran a workshop recently with a client and one of the women in the workshop would have been probably in her mid to late 40s and she was exhausted and she said to me, I don't, and I said, tell me about what a day, like what your week looks like. And she's like, well, I make my kids lunches and um, and she said, I can't, I can't afford to delegate to outsource, you know, the laundry or the cleaning or the mowing. And I said, well, who do you live with? And she said, my husband and three teenagers. And I went, well, delegate to them. You can outsource work to the other people in your house. 
And she said, oh, they've never made their lunches and I've tried to get them to clean and they won't. And I'm like, well, what happens when you try to get them and they don't? And she says, I do it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, that's the problem. You need to not do it. She's and also she's breaking like, them too, by the way, by doing it all. I know. I know. I know. I know. And she said, Oh, but I can't stand it. And I said, Well, then go away. And I said, mm-hmm. I've got a friend who's was in a similar situation and she just moved out of the family home. And she said, I'll come back when it's clean, <laughs> when you get into the rhythm. And she went and stayed with, I don't know, her sister or someone. And um, she came back. It took her two weeks before she went back. And it was two weeks for them to live in an absolute pigsty before they realised that they needed to do something about it and And they wanted their mother back. And we assume that, like, people are going to see that we're struggling or people are going to know how we're feeling. No, not when you're doing it all. People are going to be like, yeah, cool, She's look at her. She's amazing. She's working. She's cleaning. She's making my lunch. My mum made my lunch till I was quite old. (laughs) (laughs) No, I had to make mine from when I started high school. Oh, really? Well, yeah. oh, there's a lady, I love this, there's a lady in my gym and she's got kids and, and they're teenagers now and they all have a night that they cook. And I love oh, that. I love I it. I love that. Yeah. She's literally, if, if it's empowering your kids. Oh, yeah. To be independent. Yeah. Like from when I was about 14, I had, I had to cook dinner once a week from when I was about 14 and mum would tell me what to make. Although I think we got a bit of an input into different things that could be on the options list. Um, and I hated it at the time, but in hindsight, I'm really grateful because yeah. it taught me how to cook. It's a life skill. Basic things. It is. And it's something everyone needs to know. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Okay. So boundaries at work, right? So I think people yeah. have, I think people are scared of boundaries at work because they think they're going to disappoint a teen leader or, you know, they feel like they're going to be judged or whatever it is, <laughs> or even boundaries in your own business. How do you recommend people tackle the issues that come up with this whole boundaries and the fact that it is such a, I feel like at the moment it's such a thing that everyone's talking about, but what no one talks about is how to hold a boundary. Yeah. So I think the key thing with boundaries that a lot of people forget is that they need to be communicated consistently, clearly, and with compassion. Mm. And so the key is consistently. There's no point just saying once. I've got this boundary. So there's no point in me just saying to Sean, I don't do housework. I need to be communicating that all the time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, after 19 years, you'd think he'd remember. But when he says to me, can you mop? I'm like, no, I can't mop. (laughs) I actually cannot do that. (laughs) He said to me yesterday, he mopped. I came home the other day and he was mopping after having vacuumed. And um, because we don't have a cleaner anymore, he does it. Um, And and, um, he said to me, can you just get the mop? Is the mop on the table outside dry? And I said, yes, it is. So I brought it in and I said, where does it go? (laughs) And he said, what? And I said, where does it go? (laughs) We've lived in this house for two years and I've got no idea where the mop goes. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that. That's so good. But so, um, but I think when we're at work, we need to be, it it can be really hard to say no. So when your boss says to you, can you do this? And your first thought is, oh, far out. I've got so much work on my plate already, but you don't want to say no because you're either scared or you don't want them to think poorly of you or because you're a people pleaser. You need to work out how to say no. So one of the things that I teach my clients when it comes to saying no to your boss or when it comes to saying no to clients when you're overloaded is 
something along the lines of, I would love to do this work, but as I'd love to take on this project as well. But as you know, I'm already doing this and this and this. Where does this fit in the priority list? Yeah, I love that. And what are the timeframes? And could, or could we have a conversation around what else I've got, what else I'm doing and work out what, what are the priorities? Because I believe these are the priorities, but does that fit in with what you think the priorities are? Yeah. And where does this slide in? For this to fit in, what do we take off the list? Yeah. Because you can't keep on adding without removing. Mm, I love that. And, it, and it's the same with like the other thing I think that's really important with work is when you start a new job, start the way that you mean to continue. So I have absolutely made the mistake where I've started a new job and I've worked 12 hour days for the first week. And then that was perceived as being the norm. Mm. I worked with another woman who started at the job and she said to me at 4.30, I have to leave at five o'clock because I have to, I'm meeting a friend for a drink at 5.30 over here in this other part of the city. And I went, sure. And the next day or another day, she would come and she'd say, I have to leave at five o'clock because, and bearing in mind, the official work hours were 8.30 till five with an hour for lunch. Mm. I'm leaving at five because I'm doing, I've got yoga at six. Mm. Or I'm leaving at five because I'm doing a ceramics class. And so if you're struggling for reasons to leave work at what you believe is the fair time to leave, book things in. Yeah. That, so you have to book in to catch up with a friend, book in to do a yoga class every Wednesday for eight weeks so that you have to go because you've paid for it. Find commitments outside of work if you don't have something that is easy to say. Like I was always a little bit envious of many of my m- colleagues who were mums because they had a reason to leave on time because they had to pick up their kid from childcare. Mm. And so think about those things. In your, If you've got your own business and you're wondering how do you put boundaries in with clients, there are so many things you can be doing. So things I do, I don't work on weekends unless it's pre-negotiated. And I started this not working on weekends unless it's pre-negotiated at the quote time because I had a client quite a few years ago, we ha- I was producing this massive report for them, and it needed to go to the printer on it needed to go to the printer on Tuesday in order to meet our launch date, where we had a federal government minister booked in, so we couldn't move that date. I received the final version of the Word document or of the uh, marked up edits on Friday at five o'clock which then had to be all gone through by me and then all gone through by the graphic designer. So the graphic designer and I worked for that entire weekend and to present it back to the client on Monday for them to look at before it went to print on Tuesday. So there was no care from this particular client about the fact that we would have to give up our weekend at the last minute because they were a week late getting everything to us. And so it was after that that I thought, okay, from now on, I'll be very clear with all of my clients if you need me to work after hours or on a weekend or when I'm on annual leave, you'll be paying a massive surcharge on top of my standard fee. And so from then on, whenever a client would ring me on a weekend or ask me to do this piece of work, I would say, yes, I can. Don't forget, here's the surcharge. Do you really want me to do this piece of work? And I think only one time did I get a yes. Yeah. I love that. So, so that's a boundary you can put in place. Mm. These days when I, do, I work quite differently these days and I don't do deadline-driven projects like I used to, I do a lot more 
workshops and facilitations and speaking at conferences and coaching and mentoring. These days, my boundaries are I don't do meetings on a Monday. Mm. I don't do meetings before 9.30 in the morning because I would like to get up and go to the beach for a walk and maybe have a swim and come back and have time to have breakfast and a cup of tea. And I don't, you know, there's things that I do and don't do. And I make that really clear to my clients. Mm. I'm, I'm happy to work weekends these days, but if a client wants me to facilitate a strategy session on a Saturday, and a lot of my clients are nonprofit boards where weekends are what works for them, we negotiate that at the beginning. And I know that upfront when I quote, so I can incorporate that into my proposal. And I think as business owners, you need to remember that you're in control. And so when I first started putting some of these boundaries in place, I was really scared because I thought I'm going to lose work. Mm. I'm going to lose their respect. No. My clients had so much more respect for me when I was really firm and clear with what I, with what was acceptable to me. Yeah. In fact, one of, one of my clients, I rang him a few weeks ago and he said, I can't talk now. Can I call you on Friday? And I said, yeah, that's great. And I was just about to say, not before 9.30 when he said, but I won't call you before 9.30 because I know that's when you go to the beach. Yeah. And I just went, my message is getting across. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I think it's like, like Brene Brown says, like, clear is kind, right? So I think yes. people actually appreciate it because they're going to get more from you if Ooh. they respect your boundaries That's and you it. respect theirs. Like, exactly. I've, got a, I've got a rule. I don't take any meetings on a Wednesday now. Wednesday's nice. my day for, like, work, like, deep work. I like to go yeah. into the city. Yeah. I like to get out of my home office. So it's too hard to take a meeting. You know, like all my podcasting is generally done on a Thursday or a Friday. Monday is my meeting day. I've moved all my meetings to Monday now. I've had to get really clear about how many meetings my clients get because obviously otherwise you just get calls constantly. It's like if you interrupt me when I'm doing deep work, that's not good for anyone. So there's also a a level of you can't always be available. Oh, yeah, exactly. Making sure like you, you have, it's on you to put these things in place. You can't be angry at your clients for wanting to talk to you, of course they do. Like, yeah, you know, they're paying you for something. And I think it's about, yeah, as you said, like making it really clear what you will and will not do with, with like when you're working with someone. And it's the compassion with which you express that as well. So I had a client a couple of years ago, I was running an all day workshop and they rang me three times and I texted them in the morning tea break and said, really sorry, I can't talk to you today. I'm running a full day workshop. I'll call you tomorrow morning at this time. Will that work? Does that time suit you? And when I spoke to them, they were really cranky and said, I can't believe you couldn't even talk to me in the lunch break. And I said, you know what? I probably could have, but that day was for this other client that they had booked me for that entire day. And it would not have been fair for them had I taken some of that time for another client. And I said, I would do exactly the same when I'm running your workshop. You have me for that entire day. And unless there's a real emergency and it won't be with a client because I don't do that kind of work anymore, it's more likely to be a personal emergency. You've got me focused for that whole day. And mostly now when I run those events, I just put my phone into do not disturb mode for the entire day so that nobody can actually get through or I put it in flight mode. And that helps set that message. As soon as I'd said that, this other client was like, oh, I hadn't even thought about it that way. Mm. 
And it, but it was because I explained it really clearly and really kindly and said, oh, that's fine. I know you hadn't because I know we haven't worked together for very long. And maybe I should have explained that to you. Yeah. And I love that. And I think that's that whole part about keeping the boundary too. Absolutely. Really? You could yeah. have been like, oh my God, they do need me. I've got to call them. Yeah. It's not like we're not heart surgeons. No, but I did send them a text. So they didn't think I was ignoring them. Yeah. So I sent them a text because I always check my messages in the breaks just to see that there's nothing, yeah. you know, mission critical anywhere else. Or so that I can send that text in response yeah. and say, hey, I'm sorry I missed your call. I'm training all day. Here's, you know, I'll give you a buzz tomorrow. Because the communication lines need to be kept open so that people don't feel ignored. Yeah, that is so true. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, I just love everything that you've said there, Mel. I don't really have anything to add to that because I think, you know, and it's, it's something that I think there's an element of being kind to yourself because a lot Mm. of us are, especially women, we are people pleasers. We think we have to say yes. So there is a lot of unlearning that has to go on about how we've been conditioned to absolutely be in the workplace. And, and, you know, cause like to be fair, Men, bless you, but you say no a lot easier than we do. Can I just add uh, two things? When I first started saying no to things, I had to practice it looking in the mirror. Yeah. And I had to practice my the words that I would use and the tone of voice that I would have so that I didn't come off as somebody who was slightly unhinged from overwork and stress. Yeah. The other way of saying no, like I get asked to be on boards, volunteer boards all the time and to do things for free all the time, as many business owners do. I say no by saying, I don't have capacity for that right now. Yeah. Or I don't have the capacity. People can't argue with that. No. And and only you know your capacity. Like, because this exactly. is exactly like, not all of us want to be working at like a thousand no. percent. No. And, you no. know, it's, it's just not good for you. So I think it is being, you're being kinder mm-hmm. to someone. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I love it. Someone once said to me, they're like, why say yes to something you're only going to say no to later anyway? Yes. And my favorite quote, um, by Paolo Coelho, he says, every time you say ne- yes to somebody else, you're saying no to yourself. Mm. So what? every time you think about saying yes to something, particularly when it's things that you feel obligated to say yes to or that you really don't want to do, but you feel pressured into saying yes, think about what, what does it mean that I, what does saying yes to this mean that I can't do yeah. for either my family or myself or you know, something that is high on my priority list that's going to fall off because I've said yes to doing this thing that does not fill me with joy at all. Yeah, I love that. Love that, Mel. Very good quote. So where can people find you? Uh, my uh, website's the best place, melkettle.com. And I'm also on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter at Mel Kettle, and always happy to chat to your listeners. So oh, if you that. have any questions, get in touch. Yeah, I love that. And I fully do encourage that Mel is, I mean, Mel and I could talk. We've yeah. got a problem. <laughs> we could talk <laughs> all day. And we could definitely, I think, talk because we are very, we have a lot of synergy in the way that we think. Yeah, and we I, I love that for us. But yeah, I think we could talk on this topic all day because as someone that is recovering from having terrible boundaries, I will say, mm. Yeah, just be kind to yourself on this journey. When I first started my business, I said yes to everything. And I look back now at some of the things I said yes to and said, and just think, what the hell were you thinking? Yeah, 100% me too. What were you thinking? (laughs) All the time. All the time. Thank you so much for joining me today, Mel. Thank you.
Hi, Beck here, just dropping in to say that if you are struggling with your marketing planning, I have got the solution just for you. I have recently launched my marketing planner to the world and I am offering it to you at a 5% discount for listening to the potty. You can see what's in the planner and how it's going to change your life simply by visiting my website, beckchapel.com.au and heading to the resources section. When you're ready to check out, chuck in potty VIP and you'll get your 5% discount. Thanks for listening and I hope that it changes your life.